Welcome to our casting of Get Assigned. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Dan Connor, your Command Senior Enlisted Leader, Oregon. This podcast is an effort to provide our Oregon National Guard service members with a sign for me and the Adjutant General's office before you step into the metaphoric batter's box. I plan to discuss with you the pressing issues that are upon our enlisted service, as well as my leadership perspective. I'll also conduct some interviews with our great citizen soldiers and airmen to help gain insight and share best practices. So turn up your listening device and join me for what I hope is an educational and valuable few minutes. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3. Today I have the privilege of introducing to you our State Partnership Program's Deputy Director, Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Marcosino. Thank you, sir, for being here. Thank you, Chief. Our, uh, our goal today is to provide all of you with a little uh, State Partnership Program, or SPP 101, so to speak. And I'm going to start with a Wikipedia-style um, definition, and then Colonel Marcosino is going to give us a, a little bit more in-depth uh, answers to some questions and 101 lesson. So here we go. The State Partnership Program evolved from a 1991 U.S.-European Command decision to establish a joint contact team program in the Baltic region with reserve component soldiers and airmen. A subsequent National Guard program proposal paired the U.S. states with three nations, and the SPP was then established. It's become a key security cooperation program, enabling relationships globally. The SPP has been building relationships for over 25 years now, and it includes 85 partnerships with 93 nations. The SPP links a unique component of the DOD, and that's our state's National Guard. It links it with U.S. military forces, security forces, and governmental disaster response or emergency response organizations of partner nations in a cooperative, mutually beneficial relationship. The mission of the SPP is to support the geographic combatant commander's objectives by developing enduring relationships with partner nations and carrying out activities to build partner capacity, improve interoperability, and enhance U.S. access and influence while increasing readiness of the U.S. and partner forces to meet emerging challenges. Now, I want to read that part one more time because I think it's foundational and it's really the key to the mission and that is that it enhances the U.S. access and influence while increasing readiness of U.S. and partner forces to meet emerging challenges. See, security cooperation objectives linked to the Geographic Combatant Command's country and regional plan, the integrated country strategy of the U.S. Embassy, and the national defense strategy. The Undersecretary of Defense for Policy oversees the SPP, which is managed and administered by the Chief of the National Guard Bureau, and it's sourced by the adjutant generals of each state. It's codified in U.S. law. The SPP's unique strengths include its consistent reoccurring professional and institutional contacts and relationships with partner nations. Colonel, thanks again so much for being here. That was just a quick kind of definition of what SPP is. But let's get into some more detail and maybe a little bit about what Oregon does here to provide, now that we know it's no kidding, a, a priority of our chief National Guard Bureau, what Oregon does. As I said, I provided a brief description, but what is Oregon National Guard's role? Chief, thank you very much for inviting me here. This is a lot of fun being part of the SPP. So Oregon's role is to meet the U.S. Indo-PACOM commander's security cooperation objectives within the funding limitations provided by NGB. So Oregon nests the engagement plans with the PACOM commanders and the PACOM 
theater campaign strategy, as well as the U.S. Embassy's integrated country strategy. So a lot of acronyms there, but we're syncing up our plans, our engagement plans with our partner nations, with both Department of State Embassy and the DOD Geographic Combatant Commander's intent. And so we take those two documents, we find out what we can do to provide uh, resources or expertise to our partner nations, and then we set off to execute those. And we execute them with Oregon Guardsmen, Air, Army, M-Day, AGRs, everyone that we can get our hands on, and we send them over to our partner nations and then execute these engagements. So who are our state partners? Oregon's fortunate. We have two state partners, Bangladesh and Vietnam. So Bangladesh became a partner back in October of 2008, and then Vietnam became a partner in November of 2012, both under General Reese at the time. And our partnership has continued to grow from our very beginnings of just minor engagements, one or two a year. Now we're all the way up to almost 40 to 50 engagements per year. And we're constantly sending soldiers over there to Bangladesh and Vietnam to, one, execute the engagement, but also to engage with our partner nations, to see their culture, to see their military, to share best practices that we can bring back and execute here in Oregon. Interesting. Sir, who are the guardsmen that serve in the SPP office? So the SPP office is a small but mighty office. We have Lieutenant Colonel Lantai. He's a traditional guardsman from the 173rd. We have Lieutenant Colonel San Miguel, again, another traditional guardsman, but also a member of the Eugene Bomb Squad. Master Sergeant Gordon, she is our AGR and our coordinator, make sure that we stay on track. Myself as a Fed Tech, and we just received Lieutenant Colonel Jenkins, a Fed Tech out of the 173rd as well. Yeah, I see the office. It's up there at the Major General George White building, and and you're right, uh, always a very busy office. Uh, seems like they're... Uh, They've always got plenty to do, that's for sure, and at all hours, right? Because now we've got state partners that are in very different time zones. Yeah, so I operate on about five different time zones at any given time. So we're coordinating with D.C., we're coordinating within the states, we're coordinating with Hawaii on their time zone, and then we have to coordinate with Vietnam and Bangladesh. So at any given time, we could be operating on five different time zones. So our daily activities range from 5 in the morning to 11 at night sometimes. Yeah. So uh, how can other soldiers and airmen get involved with SPP? So the hardest part about SPP is getting the word down to the lowest level to make sure the brand new E1 into the Army or Air understands what SPP is and how to get involved. And so it's constantly our challenge and being a 22 years as an M-Day soldier myself, I know the challenges of getting information trickled all the way down. So our process is we go through the jock when we need soldiers or airmen for an engagement. And then that goes to the wings, the brigades, battalions, and continues to work its way down. The best thing that a soldier or airman can do is work with their leadership. Ask them about what is SPP? Is there any upcoming engagements? Is there anything that my MOS or my AFSC can contribute to the SPP? And in really working through their leadership to try to bridge that gap between DSG or a traditional M-Day soldier to the full-time SPP office. Yeah. Speaking of AFSC and MOS, give us an AFSC or an MOS that might be something that could be applicable or appropriate to help out with this SPP. So the beauty of SPP, it's not limited to a single MOS. 
It's really broad. We're looking for cyber. We're looking for law enforcement. We're looking for people that may have some disaster training or can speak to even a 42 Alpha of how to collect information during a disaster or engagements. For instance, we have a legal SME, which SME is a subject matter expert exchange, an exchange between the U.S. and our partner nation. And we're sending our legal team over to Bangladesh to have these dialogues, these conversations with the Bangladesh legal team. So really, there is no specific MOS or AFSC that we're looking for. It is truly broad and open. Uh, excellent. What direct engagements has the Oregon National Guard had with our state partners, and what was the impact? Wow, we've done a lot of engagements uh, with our partners. One of the one that stands out to me is with Vietnam. We do a disaster management engagement activities, DMEA. We sent a team over to Vietnam, to Hanoi. We taught them uh, ICS, Incident Command Systems, and we taught them 100 all the way through 400. And now we're expanding it to a scenario-based or really engaging their disaster management planners and executors on preparing for a major disaster because they are not so dissimilar from Oregon. They have tsunami threats. They have landslide threats. They even face wildfire threats. And so we're looking at our jock team, our Oregon Emergency Management team, soldiers and airmen that might have experience in ICS or disaster planning and sending them over to our partner nation so that they can share their best practices with our Vietnamese partners and vice versa. Sir, have you had an opportunity to travel to one of our partner nations? I have. Fortunately, I was able to go to Vietnam and Bangladesh this year. So one of the strengths of the SPP is our longevity. Us, so National Guard compared to active duty, active duty rotates out every three or four years. And so the relationships are only three to four years long. But as the National Guard, our relationships last a lot longer. We have people that were 05s and are now 07s and are still going over meeting the same people they experienced for so long and having such great strengths uh, in their relationships, in the longevity. So I was fortunate enough to go both to Vietnam and Bangladesh and start building these relationships. And I know these relationships will last until I finally hang up my boots and then I can go over there on a personal trip and uh, engage with our partners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are the future plans and what are the expectations? So our plans are really just to continue to provide high quality exchanges with our partner nations, continue to send our Oregon airmen and uh, soldiers to engage in as many overseas engagements as possible. I truly believe this is an amazing opportunity and experience for any traditional guardsman to conduct a real-world mission overseas that has real-world impacts. The activities we do actually get reported all the way up to the U.S. Indo-PACOM commander. He actually reads all of our sit reps and wants to know who's overseas in his backyard doing engagements with partner nations. So, it's an amazing opportunity that we're going to continue to emphasize. We're going to continue to execute as many engagements as we can and continue to work with our wings and our brigades because that's where we're drawing our resources from. And I know the op tempo is pretty high for everybody. So we're going to balance our op tempo with the engagements to make sure that we can get as many people overseas within the funding limitations that we have. Yeah, I'll tell you, I don't know that a lot of people understand or realize that, like I said earlier, this is a priority of the Chief of the National Guard Bureau. 
not only that is this is a international engagement. Some people don't understand, and some of our citizens of the state don't understand our roles here as National Guardsmen anyway, but if they understood this, boy, that's something. Not only are we force multipliers uh, to our Title X, but we're uh, domestic operations, and, and now this. Um, it's a big deal. The Guard takes on some really large roles, and this state partnership program is a really large and very impactful thing to our nation and our state partners as well. So, Oh, absolutely. Just in the PACOM region, so you got to picture PACOM. It's over half of the Earth's surface is in PACOM. 50% of the world's population is in PACOM, and we are impacting a country in the PACOM region, either engaging with their military leaders or their civilian leaders over there, as well as representing Oregon as best possible when we send our soldiers over there. So the soldiers and airmen we're looking for are those that can represent Oregon, that have the expertise to teach, train, and absorb training from our partner nations. And we'll continue to look for those soldiers and airmen throughout our ranks to send on these engagements. Excellent. Sir, do you have any closing comments? You know, I think the SPP is truly a hidden gem inside the National Guard. It didn't get a lot of publicity until the Ukraine war kicked off. But now that people are seeing the importance of having these allies and partners and building these relationships, it has really gained a lot of emphasis in the last couple of months. And we want to continue to build on this emphasis and continue to engage with our partners as much as possible. Thank you, Colonel, so much for being here today and, and helping us out with gaining a better understanding of the state partnership program and how impactful it really is to our, to our world, to be honest, uh, but specifically our state partners. Appreciate having you here so much. So with that, we'll close the book on this episode of Get a Sign. In closing, I'd like to thank the Oregon National Guard Public Affairs Office and Sergeant First Class Holden for producing this podcast. Never forget, every soldier, every airman, a leader. This is Chief Connor signing off. <laughs>